I'm no expert, but I think the trail goes this way. Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. I'm your host, Gizmo. This is episode 11 in season 2, and this, this is the beginning of the end. So first off, this episode of Sounds of the Trail is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price, because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash hikertalk and enter the promo code hikertalk. So, the beginning of the end. The end of what? Well, we're getting to the end of this year's thru-hiking season. My mom lives in Denver and she tells me that the Canadian geese have begun to arrive and the days are getting cool and the air in the mountains is starting to get that crisp edge to it. And here in Arizona, it's still 105 degrees, but I take her word for it. And that means the end of the trail is coming and has come for some of our hikers. And one thing that I've thought about before that is coming up again is what does it mean to finish a through hike? What if finishing is not the same as the end? I say it's not the end till you're dead, so maybe don't worry too much about it. But you know, there's something about completing a through hike end to end that seems to capture our imagination. If you want, you can go online and buy yourself a medal. Uh, some of them are, are really nice, depending on your price range. Our society celebrates finishers and winners and completers, whatever that means. And so, so I find myself in tension because I don't think we should be so beholden to routes that other people designed and distances that other people picked to feel that we've accomplished something different if we hike the last 50 miles, say, or not, of a thru-hike. But I'd also be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I didn't also say that finishing was not my own aim, my own goal, my own talisman gleaming before me, pulling me onward on days that were hard. I wanted to finish. And if I didn't say that finishing was something that I wasn't proud of. And, and saying you finished is certainly easier to explain to your friends. So between those two ideas, can only guess that it seems that these through hikes, these journeys made by other people, are just tools that enable our own journeys. And maybe ours will include, you know, quote unquote completion, but maybe that's not where your lessons will be found. And the danger is only when you mistake this pre-made journey entirely for your own, and you forget to bring yourself. And I say this all because today we get to hear from two of our hikers who have finished. And before I play these interviews, I'll reassure you all that I have a bunch of wonderful audio still in store from both of these hikers, so you will be hearing from them again, beyond the trail, so to speak. And I want to honor both of their journeys today, and I feel like I've learned a lot from both of them. It has been a real privilege to get first listen on the honest and heartfelt interviews and recordings they've sent me this season. So, if you're listening to this someplace busy and distracting, maybe for this episode, you'll save it until you have a quieter half hour, 
and when you can listen all the way to the end, and I can promise you it will be worth your time. Finally, before we play, uh, a word from this week's sponsor, Casper Mattresses. My time is yours for free, but podcast file hosting is not. And just like Casper is helping make this week's podcast a possibility, they can make a good night's sleep a possibility for you. And they do that by combining two technologies, a springy latex foam and a supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right amount of sync and just the right balance for just right sleeping. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of the resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. That's you. And instead of five minutes of lie down in a showroom, with Casper you get 100 days of painless returns with free shipping to your house and returns in U.S. and Canada. And you can save an additional $50 towards a mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash hikertalk and entering the promo code hikertalk. That's all one word. Terms and conditions apply. No terms and conditions for through hiking, though, or for finishing. Let's catch up with homework first. Hey guys, it's Homework here, reporting from the southern Yellowstone border in the northern Wind Mountain Range in the state of Wyoming. I finished New Mexico and Montana. I'm heading towards Brooks Lake Lodge, which is my next resupply spot. Got a box waiting there. There's a huge fire raging. I'm looking at it right now, the big mushroom cloud of smoke. And um, I was planning on hopping off trail soon anyway for a couple weeks to lead an outward bound course and then hopping back on and hustling to finish. But I don't know. I'm kind of thinking that I'm going to leave it, leave it at that for the summer, what I've done so far, and maybe come back next summer or whenever fits and feels right and finish up then. Uh, it's been on my mind for a while, I've just been struggling with just enjoying myself. For some reason, it's just been pretty funky for me this time around. I've had a lot of fun and the scenery is amazing. I love the physical challenge. I do enjoy the mental challenge too. I've just been kind of like just blue being alone it feels almost like solitary confinement and it comes in waves I was thinking I was over it but last night was just another kind of sad night I went fly fishing and you know got to camp pretty early and was just trying to enjoy myself but it just kind of that wave of being alone hit me and I'm just kind of over it. I've been trying to make it happen and yeah, it's just not working for me. I've given it a good shot. <laughs> no use being out here in this beautiful place if you're not enjoying it, you know? So my my hopes are to come back, you know, next summer or like I said, whenever it works out well, it feels right and hike it with either my brother or a friend or hop on where there's more people around because one thing I've learned about myself is that I just need some sort of 
social interaction to kind of recharge even though I thought I was completely opposite yeah and it's been interesting kind of signs of knowing it's time to call it quits like this fire coming up felt like a big sign and uh, I just passed a huge pack of wild mustangs which are pretty symbolic to me yeah it feels like that was a good farewell if today were to be my last day I don't know like it's definitely like a interesting shift of ego leaving something that you set out to do the whole thing but leaving it undone um, but you know some of the hikers I look up to really encourage what they call chunk hiking and that's kind of what I'm going to end up be you know doing so I don't know I also don't want to draw any hard lines um, once my course is over maybe maybe something will have shifted maybe uh, one of my friends will be crazy enough to want to come out and hike and encourage me to go with them so yeah I think that's another lesson is I really need to stop making such solid plans when the future is so unknown <laughs> man I I you know I'm pretty bummed about it but at the same time it feels right and I'm ready to be off trail I'm just like I said, I'm over it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been cool. I wish it was more fun. More fun like I thought it would be. But, yeah, just, uh, just a lot different. And a lot of hard lessons about the mental game. But, excited to come back um, and enjoy it more in a different mindset and with people and that's the way it is <laughs> it's the way it's got to be so uh, thank you all for following along in my journey and um, I hope I'm not disappointing anybody this is only you know part one it's gonna be a cliffhanger there'll be a part two part of the adventure and I hope I'm lucky enough to uh, take you along on that section as well. So, um, yeah, lots of love and gratitude. Get out there and enjoy your summers. And thanks for listening. Hopefully I can still be involved in other ways. Do some interviews from the PCT or do some interviews while doing trail magic, that kind of thing. All right, everybody, take care. Homework really struck a chord with me with this update because I think for some of us, not finishing can be harder than trying to stick it through. I know myself, I have this deep and astounding ability to make myself truly and utterly miserable by sticking through something that I said I would start just because I said I was going to. And, you know, like they say, your weaknesses are your strengths or, or the other way around, maybe. 
So while my ability to stick to it has been an asset to me throughout my life, recently I've looked back on some things that I stuck to and thought, you know, in hindsight, you know, 2020, maybe things would have gone better for me if I'd known when to quit. And if I'd allowed myself to recognize things that I learned along the way and to use new information to perhaps change my mind. And, you know, even right now, maybe I'm struggling a little bit with this uh, in some aspects of my life, not knowing when to quit. And I'm hoping that homework will empower me a little bit to look forward to, to new things and, and know when to stop, stop with goals that maybe don't apply anymore. That said, homework mentions that one of the reasons he had to get off trail, at least temporarily, besides the fire, was that he's going to be teaching an Outward Bound course this summer, and as our good fortune has it, the course is on the Pacific Crest Trail, where he will be intercepting hikers for more interviews, so there will be more to come from him. For today, though, only one more recording, this time from Wanderer, and he'll tell you the rest. Here he is. Hello, everybody. This is Wanderer, and I'm heading northbound on the Appalachian Trail. And I've traveled 2,189 miles. And I'm climbing up Mount Katahdin. And I could see the summit within my sights at the moment. So I'd like to kind of talk a little bit about how this trail has gone. I suppose if... Uh, people were to ask me the general question how was the Appalachian Trail I would say uh, well it's really simple you just wake up and you walk following these white blazes on the trees or the rocks for a whole day then you stop and you do it again the next day every once in a while you get to a town where you're able to resupply, maybe take a shower, wash your clothes, but pretty much you're just walking day to day for five to six months. So here I am, an estimated five million steps, and now I'm taking my last few to the summit, which is getting closer and closer with each step that I take. Um, coming up this last stretch was really beautiful. Um, fortunately, I'm catching it on a sunny day. There's uh, billowy cumulus clouds, but it looks like I'm going to have a clear view when I get to the summit. Uh, earlier on this climb up Mount Katahdin I had to put away my poles and scramble with my hands uh, now that it's flattened out a bit I'm able to walk this last bit of, bit of stretch wow I'm getting closer and closer this is uh, a little bit surreal and I wanted to do this just to capture my emotions as I uh, finished this trip which took me five months and three weeks approximately no let me think yeah five and a half months I started this trip on March 12th today is March 
No. <laughs> Today is August 27. Looks like I'm uh, 100 yards from the finish now. So it's been quite a journey. I've met a lot of really cool people, both uh, through hikers, day hikers, trail angels, and this is really an experience that I'll really savor for quite a while. Along the way, I was part of several trail families. Uh, the first being for the first 800 miles from Springer Mountain. I was with uh, three other hikers, Monster, Oreo, and Sweet Potato. But got to a point where I couldn't really keep up with their younger legs or putting in the big miles. I was actually able to hang with Oriole up until Massachusetts. There were stretches where I was a lone hiker, which actually has its advantages too. I enjoyed being part of a hiker family, but I also enjoyed being by myself as well. And then later on in Vermont, I hooked up with another trail family consisting of uh, Radar, Deadwood, Crasher, and Rocky. And they made the rough part of the trail really fun. Uh, so, just a few more steps now. Really lucky right now. It's a very clear view on the summit. There's several other hikers at the top just kind of kicking back right now. But I am just about ready to get to the sign. And there's nobody like around it right now taking photos. So I'm gonna walk right up to it. Dude, all right. I'm up here with McDoubles. All right, man, how does it feel? Great. You want your picture? <laughs> Actually, I'm recording right now okay. for uh, Sounds of the Trail. So I'm right up here by the sign. You guys can't see it, but there I'm knocking on the sign. It's a brown sign on kind of like an A-frame. And in big letters it says Katahdin, Baxter Peak. Elevation 5,267 feet. Northern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. So... I've made it. Yeah, I guess soon I'll be uh, taking taking some uh, photos, but right now I'd like to just kind of take a little bit of time to reflect on the trail. So I'm gonna hike to a little bit quieter spot now. So I guess one of the questions I'm gonna ask other through hikers is uh, what the trail meant to them and has the trail changed me? As far as it changing me, I would say definitely yes, it has changed me. Quite simply, it's made me a happier person. Uh, when I was in England, I was in a bad space, felt pretty depressed had a lot of negative thoughts as to 
my future. I didn't really see a very compelling future there. So in December I left when I decided I wanted to do the Appalachian Trail. And after traveling to Peru and uh, southwestern United States, I got on the trail. And uh, right away I just felt I was a happier person. I guess being out in nature, being outdoors, exercising, and meeting a lot of cool people will go a long way in uh, making anybody happy. But uh, I just feel having five and a half months to really just have the time to reflect all these uh, thoughts I was having, mostly negative, before coming on the trail, were able to be turned around and on the trail I just became much more positive. When you have a positive outlook, have a much more compelling future up in the near future, I guess. I thought about things that I want to do and a lot of the things I want to do is just to continue traveling. Uh, right now I do have the means to do that, but eventually I'd like to make a living while traveling, so I have a lot of uh, ideas on that. And uh, yeah, so pretty much it's all I have to say. The trail has made me a better person, a happier person. Finishing the trail means a lot as well. Um, having set out to do something that was very difficult, and earlier when I talked about how simple it is, I'm not implying that it's easy. It was a very hard, very strenuous, and very challenging trail, especially when you're trying to link days and weeks and months of just hiking from day to day. So it takes a lot of mental fortitude and perseverance to do it. And I can look back on that and have a feeling of pride and accomplishment. Not really because it makes me a superior hiker than anybody else. There's a lot of hikers there who can out-hike me <laughs> even to this day. Uh, after thinking that I'm in super shape, I really am not the, the most the strongest hiker out there. I guess the biggest feeling I can get is like I have two young grandsons, Logan, who is going to going to turn, turn three years old in about a week and uh, Mason who's one years old I just look forward to the day where I get to sit them on my lap and I could take out a globe and show them on that globe that I walked from Springer Mountain Georgia all the way to Mount Katahdin and just to let them know that you know their grandpa isn't a superman I'm not a an elite athlete or anything. I'm just a normal, average guy doing it. And as long as they have the drive and the perseverance, uh, they can do it too. Yeah, so those two things are the really things I'm going to take away from this trip. And as I also said, I just met a lot of great people on this trail. One other thing, this may sound sappy, but another thing that changed in me, I suppose, is like my pride for America. I lived abroad for five years and 
got my share of American bashing. But doing this trail and seeing the country at two miles an hour, seeing a lot of the people in the small towns that I've walked through, made me realize what a fantastic country that we live in and that I'm able to do this just as a recreational experience and I have the freedom to do so. And I suppose that uh, brings me back to what I had talked about in episode one about hyper freedom. I really did have the opportunity to experience what I termed hyper freedom on this trail, just being free to make a lot of decisions without any outside influences, freedom from expectations of society on a daily basis, and just freedom to explore, really. So, yeah, that's my experience. It's been really tough, but then again, it's been really gratifying. So, I'd like to say thank you, everybody, for, for listening. And this is Wander on the top of Mount Katahdin, signing off. Well, actually, there's probably another thing I'd like to talk about before I say goodbye. Today's date is August 27th, and it's the date that my father died seven years ago in 2009. And that gives this summit of Mount Katahdin completely different meaning because I want to kind of dedicate this climb to him. Um, I talked about being in a bad headspace before and uh, the circumstances that kind of surrounded his death seven years ago kind of weighed heavily on me. In 2009, I was traveling quite a bit, but my father's health was diminishing rapidly. Um, he had cardiovascular problems. He was blind in one eye and uh, had trouble seeing out of the other eye because he had cataracts. And uh, he was taking care of my mother, who had uh, Alzheimer's and uh, the onset of dementia. And my father was a proud man who refused to go to a elderly care home. So I decided that I needed to stop traveling and spend time and help them. And so I stayed at their home, the house I grew up in, for eight months where I helped them do a lot of things like uh, cooking their meals, um, helping them in and out of bed because they weren't very mobile, setting up uh, their therapies, things like that. But after a few months, I felt uh, I needed a break and needed to get away for a while. So I told my father that I'd like to take a vacation. And so he was understanding, but I felt that he was uh, really sad to see me going. Uh, but he did give me his blessing. So I bought a ticket to Buenos Aires with the idea that I would uh, travel around uh, Argentina for maybe a month or so and then go back and resume my uh, 
helping out with them. Um, so I caught a red-eye flight from San Francisco to Argentina, and uh, my father passed away that very evening. As soon as I landed in Buenos Aires, uh, the morning after, I checked my email, and my sister told me that that evening my father had uh, tried to go and go to the bathroom by himself. He hit his head after stumbling and uh, died the night I, I flew. So I kind of took that personally because one of the things that I did in the evenings was uh, help him out of bed when he needed to go to the bathroom. He had a bell that he would ring when he needed my help. And so I would get out of bed at 3 or 4 in the morning and uh, help him get around. But because I wasn't there, he tried to do it himself and he fell and hit his head. And although uh, friends and family told me that it wasn't my fault, it's something that weighed heavily over my head, you know, for up until now. But it's uh, something I've come to terms with, think, having the time to think while I was on the trail. So yeah, here's to you, Dad. Well, let me talk a little bit about my father, Felimon Barbante Sr., he was born in the Philippines in 1918, and in his youth, he worked underground in various mines, mining metals. But when World War II broke out, uh, he joined the Philippine Scouts to uh, fight against the Japanese invasion. And uh, one time, uh, when they were protecting uh, a stronghold, the Japanese forces overwhelmed his troop, and he was taken prisoner. And for several months, he was in a Japanese prison. After a while, uh, he told me that the Japanese gave him the job of feeding the officers' horses. So when he was uh, far enough away towards the perimeter, which was fenced off, he met a Filipino civilian who told him to meet him at the fence that night and he would provide him with a canoe and so my uh, father escaped that evening took the canoe and made his way back home to his uh, home province but it was an arduous journey he had to try to avoid the Japanese soldiers all along the way so he had to bushwhack through the rainforest there so when he made it back to his hometown, Tobacco, in the Bicol province, he had malaria and he was so emaciated that when he got to the road, he uh, collapsed, fell on the road. So interestingly, what happened was a passerby came by in an ox cart and uh, that passerby was his brother, my uncle, and uh my uncle didn't recognize him because he was so skinny and emaciated and uh, worn down from the malaria. But he put him in the ox cart and he took him to a church where they rehabilitated him. Once he got his strength back, obviously, my uh, he had a reunion with his family. But when he recovered, the U.S. Army, after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, joined the the fray in the Pacific Theater. And so my father joined the American Army. 
and uh, was a soldier there in the Philippines. But after the after the war, he became a naturalized citizen, so he was able to travel to Japan and Germany, where some of my brothers and sisters were born, and eventually moved to San Francisco, where I was born. And so now, and I thought about this a lot, you know, uh, this journey was arduous, but I thought about what my father had to go through and his iron will and his perseverance. And what I experienced was recreation where his was life and death. And it was his perseverance that uh, saw it through. And I'd say he's the real reason right now that I'm uh, standing on Mount Katahdin right now. So, here's to you, Dad. Love you. This is Wanderer. That's my trail name. The name my father gave me is Benjamin John Barbante. Goodbye, everybody.